So our first imperative uh, deals with a lot of the issues that our panel just touched on and just spoke to. So leading pedestrian interval signalization and the use of accessible um, pedestrian signals. You know, having access to sidewalks and pedestrian right-of-ways that are clear from micro and shared mobility devices like bikes and scooters and so on. Um, also, we heard some folks discuss about paratransit in either in their regions um, or around the country that are experimenting with uh, kind of like ad hoc rideshare type, type models. Um, and we have an opportunity that this year that we can try to make all of these things a reality around the country. So there's the, what's it Claire? The, the Fix America's Surface Transportation Act, also known as Act. the FAST Act. So this is a surface transportation bill that has to be reauthorized by September 30th, 2020. So the previous authorization for transportation and highway funding that deals with safety, um, infrastructure investments at the federal level, that authorization is going to expire in 220 days, September 30th. He didn't do the math himself. No, thank you Politico Pro that has the daily countdown. Just have um, to keep him in his place. His math isn't that good. <laughs> Ouch. Ah, uh, some, somebody's, somebody's just spunky, like she had a Coke with lunch or something. <laughs> yeah. All right. So with, with the FAST Act reauthorization, um, there's an opportunity for our federal legislators, our elected members of Congress to hear about priorities that are important to their constituents relative, relevant to this bill. Many of these issues have been raised by ACB members in forms of resolutions at the ACB conference and convention or by the transportation and environmental access committees. Um, you know, the ones that Pat mentioned are planning a transportation summit for this year's conference and convention. So these are the issues that we want to bring forward. These are the issues that we have a, a legislative imperative backgrounder about and and that's what, that's what we're going to do this year. Um, all of you, as we just heard during Q&A, all of you have personal stories and experiences about transportation uh, access situations that are beneficial to our community and as well as hardships for our communities. And it's those personal stories that will help make these points to our members of Congress. So... And Claire, anything you'd like to add on the surface transportation imperative or jump right into the next one? Yeah. Um, so just to echo off what Clark was saying before we jump into the third imperative, um, just we want to use the FAST Act or the Surface Transportation Act as a conduit to 
uh, build things in that could benefit the blind and visually impaired communi community as it pertains to transportation and infrastructure because we believe, and like Clark said, you guys all just brought up so many issues that fall under that category that could have a huge impact on the lives of those of us who are blind or visually impaired. So again, just really emphasizing to your representatives that through the FAST Act that has to be reauthorized, it absolutely has to be, um, so knock on wood, it goes through, um, that we can use that as a vehicle no pun intended, um, to, to move these transportation issues forward. Um, now we'll talk about the autonomous vehicle imperative, um, our third and last imperative we'll talk about. Um, for those of you who attended last year, you know that this is a imperative we talked about last year, and we're going to keep pushing forward. We're going to keep driving it forward. I'm going to keep the puns coming. Yuck, yuck, yuck. <laughs> Um, because we, as was talked about today, there's a lot of work going on in this, in this um, realm and something that I think all of us can agree is really important. We're also pushing forward on this issue because there has been some movement in the 116th Congress. We currently don't have a bill that's officially been proposed, but there has been action, and ACB has actually been fortunate to play a role in that language writing and the discussions and what have you. So if you guys recall, in previous sessions of Congress, we had the AV Start Act and the Self-Drive Act, and those unfortunately did not make it through. They were proposed, um, did get a little bit of sponsorship but weren't successful and didn't make it all the way through the process. Um, so in this, in this current session of Congress, that hasn't happened. It hasn't officially been put out. But uh, ACB had been invited to the table with several other disability advocacy organizations to lend our two cents, our comments, our thoughts, our concerns about language that several members of Congress have been working on for future autonomous vehicle legislation. Um, so it was a bicameral, bipartisan group of Congress members who are talking about language that would apply. And we've been able to lend our two cents on things like making sure that the development of these automobiles are accessible from the get-go, that they'll have, for instance, um, accessible human-machine interface, or HMI, so that those of us who are blind can actually use them, because heaven forbid AVs are developed and they're not accessible and then we're left behind again. So we've been able to make comments on things like that, that the language should include accessible HMI, um, making sure that language would say that persons who are blind do not have to have a license because that's unnecessary with autonomous vehicles. So we've been able to literally sit at the table and put our two cents. They've since drafted language and we've had the opportunity, I wanna say three times now, to redline the language and give our comments back. We've done that both through ACB independently as well as through the Consortium of Citizens with Disabilities and again, redlining the language and. Uh, telling them whatever edits they need to tweak or make to make the language uh, more beneficial to our community or what have you. So um, again, no language has officially, or no uh, bill has officially been um, put out, but just this week, two, three days ago, we put in more redlining. So it is moving forward. So when you go up to the Hill and you talk to your Congress members, talk about the fact that we know there's language out there and that as the language is being developed, we want to make sure that it benefits the blind community, and then that the bill actually gets put out there soon. That hopefully it won't, you know, linger for a long time, but that we'll actually see the bill sponsored in the near future. And like Claire just stated, as well as Eric Danko from Cruz, uh, this is important legislation for them as well. They want to make sure that 
our community is able to use a service that they're going to provide, you know, a little bit selfish. They want as many customers as possible, and we <laughs> want to be those customers, darn it. Um, but we also need to make sure that these autonomous vehicles don't require a driver's license if there are no pedals and steering wheels. We don't want our people to be precluded um, even before the service gets off the ground. So that, that's another important piece of this legislation as well. Like Claire said, we are involved in this process, but we need all of you to raise this with your individual members, both in the House and in the Senate, so that as this process moves along, um, there are no efforts to strip out any accessibility provisions from this legislation, that everyone knows how important it is to their constituents in their home districts. Do we have any questions on either the FAST Act or the autonomous vehicle um, language that's out there? Um, do you want to talk about sure. the FAST Act? Yeah. So the ask for the FAST Act, uh, and this is in the imperative backgrounder, uh, it's to raise the issues uh, of accessible pedestrian signals whenever LPI signalization is used. And this is an issue that we're not only looking to solve legislatively through the surface transportation bill, but the past coalition out of New York had drafted and submitted an amendment to the NCUTCD, uh, the Got Uniform it. Traffic Control Devices Manual folks. And they've accepted that amendment, but that still has to run through the amendment process. So if we can have legislation fix it, why not do it that way? Uh, you know, it's policy work is, you know, you throw a lot of stuff up against the wall and you see what sticks. So if the amendment doesn't work, we're also working on it legislatively or vice versa. With micro and shared mobility devices, we had a resolution this summer calling on ACB members and affiliates and chapters to work at the local level. Well, here at the federal level, we are asking you all to make sure that your members of Congress know that this is an issue. And if there are going to be federal dollars tied to infrastructure improvement projects, we want to make sure that there is the appropriate infrastructure so that micro and shared mobility devices are not used on sidewalks, that they have appropriate places to be parked, not in front of a wheelchair ramp or an emergency exit, you know, or at a curb Or in cut. the middle of the street. <laughs> exactly. And then on the, uh, the paratransit and ride shares, again, there are already some jurisdictions that are experimenting uh, by offering you know, pretty much not just same-day scheduling, but call it when you're ready, just like a rideshare service. Or in, in some cases, they're subsidizing through coupons or credits the use of Lyft or Uber. And we think it's important that policymakers know just how important um, same-day service, where you don't have to schedule it a week in advance, where you can take more than one ride within a span of 90 minutes, how important that flexibility is to people who are living full and active independent lives in their community. So we really want to encourage the paratransit systems to partner or offer rideshare type services. So those are three main things to highlight. If you have other specific transportation issues that are unique to, well, they probably aren't, aren't unique, we're probably all facing the same thing, but that are specific to your part of the country, please raise those as well. Hi, my name is Deborah Allen from Boise, Idaho, and uh, not only do they park their scooters on the sidewalks, they're allowed to ride them on the sidewalks there. It's a huge issue, but my question is um, roundabouts. 
recently a small nonprofit um, cross-disability group in Idaho. They did a survey of accessibility, and we have a whole bunch of brand new roundabouts that have been built within the past few years. And not only were they inaccessible for people who are blind and visually impaired, but for people who use wheelchairs and other devices. Um, does the FAST Act address um, standardizing uh, accessibility for roundabouts? I'm sorry, that specific issue I, I am not sure of, so I, I don't want to steer you in the wrong direction. Uh, but please share that with your members. Chris Hunsinger from Pennsylvania. Um, I was just wondering uh, what part of, uh, who are the Congress people that we should be mentioning when we say, we hear there's a bill um, for, um, Good question. you know, for uh, the audio, the, uh, I'm sorry, not the, yeah, the autonomous, the autonomous vehicles. Sure. So the the autonomous vehicle legislation, um, it's both Senate and Republicans in, excuse me, House and Senate, <laughs> Democrats and Republicans, mainly staff from the House and Senate Commerce Committees. So it's being worked on at the committee staff level. So. When you're speaking with your members, you can tell them that you know that the House and Senate Commerce Committees are working together on autonomous vehicle legislation. And a couple of the major names that you'll hear that have come up with this language or legislation, or language for the legislation, are Wicker and Thune. So if those are the states you guys come from, those are definitely some, some important um, people to talk with. Claire and Clark. Um, this is uh, Ray Campbell here. With the autonomous vehicle legislation, I, I understand the language around licensing and you know trying to make sure that we don't have to have uh, a license to operate these. Although I think you're going to get a lot of pushback from the states on that one. But um, secondly, but the, another just as important group, uh, and I'm wondering if they've been around the table, is the insurance industry because I could think this could be a real nightmare for insurance. They are one of the players that's been putting their two cents out there um, with a lot of concern. So that is one community that we have heard from and continues to put their two cents into the conversation. Yes, and the trial. I just heard someone say trial attorneys. They have definitely been part of the conversation. <laughs> Sean, Theo, quick question, and I apologize if everybody else knows this but me. What are LPI things that you're talking about? Leading pedestrian, I'm not familiar with that concept. Could you please explain? Yeah, no problem. Thank you for asking. We want everybody to ask. Um, so leading pedestrian interval signalization, I always trip over my tongue trying to say that, are the additional seconds that a lot of, not all, but a lot of intersections now have um, incorporated LPI technology to give pedestrians a few extra seconds. Um, so I've had sighted friends describe it to me as, I guess you see a little hand or a little person, um, but it, it says it's your turn to walk. But that happens before your parallel cars start to surge. So for most of us in the room who have had orientation and mobility, we've been taught to cross the street when our parallel cars surge and we know it's safe to cross. 
Well, with LPI intersections, you actually get extra seconds to cross before your parallel cars even go. Um, and for the longest time, I didn't know this, so sighted people would start to cross, and the parallel cars hadn't gone, and I went, are they just really brave? Do they not care? Um, and so that's what it is. It's giving you four to five uh, extra seconds. And for those of us who are blind, and we know trying to cross especially really big intersections, that's huge, because that gives you a lot more time to get out there and get through the intersection. Thank you so much. And we have time for one so, more yeah, question. Yes, this is Barbara from Indiana. Uh, with the LPIs, are, so that is with, okay, let's, let's fuck up. With the APS, will that interval be automatically, I mean, is, is it, will it be audible? Yes. Or is it sorry. something that's going to have to be added to the APS? Yes. Or? Sorry if that wasn't explained well. Okay. So the push is that if intersections use LPI technology, they have to be paired with accessible or audible pedestrian signals. So if sighted individuals are getting that feedback, you can go ahead and cross. They need to be automatically paired with an APS so that we, too, get the information to know that we can cross the street. So it's not an adaptation that has to be done with APS that are existing? Yeah. So with the, with the LPI, um, when, people, when folks who can see get that few seconds head start, we want to make sure that accessible pedestrian signals, both with an audio tone and the vibration feedback, are installed as well so that people who are blind, deafblind, somebody looking at their cell phone and not paying attention. We want to make sure that they also have the same advantage of knowing as folks who can visually see that that signal has changed and that pedestrians can safely enter the crosswalk before the parallel traffic is released. It makes folks more visible, it makes sighted pedestrians more visible, and it makes people with disabilities more visible as well. So it's just a new form of, or not even new, because it's been around for a while, but it's an alternate form of data, either like Clark said, uh, auditorily vibrating both that you can cross the street instead of just having to go old school and read traffic like we all grew up learning. <laughs>